Welcome back to Ascend's Theater Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in John chapter 13, which reads, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter and said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you will have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, The one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I'm not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I am telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. After saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was reclining at table at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So that disciple, leaning back against Jesus, said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is he to whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, What you are going to do, do quickly. Now no one at the table knew why he had said this. Some thought that because Judas had the money bag, Jesus was telling him, Buy what we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as you have said to the Jews, now so I also will say to you, Where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another." By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. All right, here in John chapter 13, we have back with us Kyle Heiser. And Kyle, as you read through this passage, what really jumps out to you is something we really have to focus on today. Yeah, Lee, so um, something right away that I see is a theme throughout this chapter is the understanding. I think Jesus is leading up towards things, but no one's understanding fully what he's trying to show. And we see this in verse 7, 
says, and Jesus answered them, what am I doing? You do not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. He's doing these things to not only fulfill what the prophecies are saying, but also giving them markers to look at and to just to see, hey, this is something I did. This is something I did. So when they go back, they're going to be like, wow, okay, that makes so much more sense. That makes sense. Okay, he was washing my feet there. He was telling me different things. So Lee, that's what brings me to my next question, which, I mean, I just look at him and like, how do they not see this? But he is literally saying, the one who betrayed me is, is the one I'm going to be giving this bread to. Drops the bread on his plate. Like, how do they not see that? Just explain, please. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's that's one of those things hard for me to explain because I read it the same way and see, hey, this is going to happen. I'm going to be betrayed. And, oh, yeah, you're going to be betrayed. Who's going to do that? Well, this morsel, this piece of bread I'm going to give to that person, hands it to Judas, says what you're about to do, do quickly. And everybody's like, ah, he's probably just going to go get money for the poor because he has the different things. And so they miss what's going on. And so we see, you know, obviously that's an intimate time they're leaning against. They're sharing this meal. So it's not like that's the only time he handed something to somebody else. So we can kind of give him a pass on that. But it goes to reinforce what you've been telling us. They don't understand the importance of what's going on in the moment. But when they look back, they'll realize, and John does as he writes this to us. And in fact, John is the one who asks Jesus. He is the disciple whom Jesus loved, who asks him right at Jesus' side, what's going to happen with this? And fails to, in the moment, understand what's taking place. But later, looking back, is able to build these pieces that enhance our understanding of the gospel. Because we start to see how he was preparing them, even though they weren't ready for it. He was giving them those signposts, giving them the pathway forward, and giving them so many promises that they're going to use in the future for that. And so I don't know how they missed it. I don't know how they missed some of the other things that took place, but they did. They just missed what Jesus was doing, perhaps even because they were like Judas a little bit in not understanding his full purpose. Judas, I believe at this point, has gotten to the point where he says, hey, I don't really care. We're not doing what I thought we were doing, so I want what I can get out of this. And that's the 30 pieces of silver that he can get for betraying him to the religious leaders and the high priest and those different things there. But... The rest of them still didn't understand he wasn't bringing this earthly kingdom that was going to be established here as he enters Jerusalem. It's not about that. They're still learning that. They're still struggling with that. Peter is still struggling with that. And we see that he doesn't understand anything that's going on in this chapter, it seems. So we understand their lack of understanding because of the systems that they're living in and how they're growing through that. Yeah, Leah, I think, I mean... They need glasses, but that was invented back then. So um, we can give them a pass on that. But um, as I'm just trying to understand for my personal growth of this passage, I see in verse 21, it says, after saying these things, what he had just been saying, Jesus was troubled in spirit. And I just want to know, like, what does that mean? What is he feeling? Yeah, no, Kyle, that's a that's a great question because number one, We think we understand a little bit of what Jesus is experiencing in this time because we know about like the betrayal and the things that are coming, but I don't think we can fully comprehend the weight that he's feeling 
understanding that the wrath of God is going to be poured out upon him. We see that at other places. John chapter 12 tells us about that. When he goes to the garden and is praying, we see that weight, that agony of having all of the sin of the world upon him. But in this specific moment, I think a lot of it is the humanity of Jesus and what he is struggling with as an individual. If we jump back to when Lazarus died, we saw the humanity of Christ came out as he was weeping over the loss of a friend. Now he has at the forefront of his mind the betrayal of one of his most beloved disciples, this person who has been with him in and out for three years, and he understands what that man is doing. You read the rest of that verse and it says, truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Yeah, Judas is going to betray him and that hurts. He feels the weight. He feels the angst. He feels that in his spirit, knowing what's coming knowing that he's given Judas the chance to repent and he's still not doing that. Yeah, I mean, it's just such an interesting passage. I mean, the one person besides Jesus at the table that is actually understanding what he's saying is Judas. And what does he do? He takes the bread and then immediately runs out. Like, he's he's seeing this. He's like, who else? No one else see? Like, giving them the side eyes. Like, no one else see what's happening? Yeah, and uh, just another thing that I'm seeing as we kind of wrap up this episode is they're about to, if you look ahead, if you skip ahead a little bit, you're going to see they're about to get a lot of teaching. Um, so just now that they are processing what, what just happened, they just got their feet washed, they just got um, Judas left, what is about to take place and what can we be looking forward to in the coming chapters? Yeah, so definitely John's going to take a little shift here in terms of what he's doing. As we know what's taking place here, Judas is going to get the religious leaders. Jesus is now moving with his disciples towards the Garden of Gethsemane. And as he's doing that, we've got almost this like four chapter discourse that Jesus now just has the true 11 disciples that are going to be walking through their darkest hour and are going to be preparing for the time that Jesus is not there. We're going to see the things that he's offering them as he leaves, and as he then goes back and prepares them for future ministry. We're going to see how he's preparing their understanding of future events, looking back at this time. But really, he's doing something that John hasn't done before in our walk through it, because it's just going to be this extended account of Jesus teaching these disciples preparing them for the future. And we can look in that and take the same preparation and grow in our understanding for what he's trying to do. Because that's what's at stake here is understanding the gospel in its totality. The disciples did not understand that. As Jesus now walks through these special things about the new commandment, as he walks through the Holy Spirit, as he walks through abiding in him, as he walks through his prayer for the future disciples, it's about praying for them and what they're going to experience and preparing them for how they will understand and react to the gospel. And so that's what we're challenging each of us to do each day as we come to the scriptures is how are we growing in our understanding? How are we making it so that the person we were before is growing and is maturing and is developing a spiritual appetite to hunger and thirst for God's word and is desiring to grow in that each day? It's my prayer that each of us are doing that as we come to God's word and that we're growing collectively together as we study God's word and as we we talk about it amongst one another, and as we hopefully spur one another on in the desire of growing in our love for the Lord.
Know today you are loved. You're